0: Moment to get yourself a drink. Tonight we're going to talk about spirits and we're going to talk to spirits. See you in just a minute. Welcome to another exciting episode of Crystal Silence League Hour. Well, not exciting, but maybe interesting. Moderately compelling? Whatever. John St. Germain here. We're going to talk about spirits. Um, And for those of you who don't know, by the way, this is the Crystal Silence League Hour, sponsored by the Crystal Silence League and the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, who also sponsor... uh, Association of Independent Root Workers and Readers, and Crystal Silence League, and the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, which is coming up this April 14th and 15th in Santa Rosa, California. Um, Go to any of our many, many, many websites and Facebook pages that we have, and register early. Get a discount. It's going to be an exciting event. I'm going to be in attendance with many other of the Hoodoo Psychics and Air Psychic Readers, There'll be uh, many workshops, I think uh, 10 or 11 right now. Ten, I know, is scheduled workshops, one of which I'll be teaching on lithomancy, the art of reading stones and crystals and coins and other small objects that you can toss around. So uh, come see us. And You know, the Crystal Silence League was founded around 1917 by a fellow named Claude Alexander Conlon for the purpose of sending out positive prayer and affirmation for all those in need. And when he passed into the silence in 1954, the League went with him. At least until 2009, when adepts of the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church rebirthed it online in cybernetic form. And you can find us at www.crystalsilenceleague.org crystalsilenceleague.org. And when you're there... You can post prayers, and we get about 200 prayers a week posted. It's been my custom to read many of these aloud, which we will do this week after our Crystal of the Week. Um, I've been working with crystals for a long time, and there's some um, that I, I really like to work with a lot. There's some that I work with rarely, and some uh, discovered every day, new crystals discovered every day. I just found out I got a piece of coal. Coltran we were talking about last week, Tantalus Coltan. Uh, tantalus ore and it came um, marked with a uh, uh, radiation warning it said contains uranium ore handle with care so I looked up how you're supposed to handle it and uh, basically you do not uh, let it dissolve in water you don't create dust you don't uh, let it stay in contact with your skin much um, so if you do get a piece of it do handle it with care look up how you're supposed to handle it Um this week, our crystal of the week is malachite, uh, specifically brain malachite. And if you've ever seen this stuff, malachite is a very common stone. Um, it's a banded green stone uh, used, uh, gosh, all, all in spiritual work, sometimes in spell casting. Um, and uh, the purpose of malachite ranges the, gam- uh, the gamut of protection. It absorbs negative energies. um it helps protect you during travel, especially if you're flying, and um, it's, a uh, for that reason, often carried by airline workers who believe in this sort of thing, and it's supposed to be uh, very good for anything involving the heart chakra. Um, it can help you with nerves. It can calm you, um, and it helps you if you're doing anything that involves an uh, emotional risk uh, or... Uh, you know, giving of your heart into something that may be a little risky. It helps uh, elevate your mood, um, alleviates anxiety. It gives resistance to uh, uh, emotional assault or spiritual assault. Um, You can carve symbols into it, magical symbols, carry it as a talisman. Um, It does help uh, with the heart chakra. It helps regulate your interactions with people, helps keep some balance so you don't give too much and you don't take too much. And that's what green crystals do in general. Uh, Now, Malachite's using spell work for prosperity spells and for love spells. And it's a very heavy and dense stone. And the brain Malachite, if you look at it, uh, you can find pieces of it that do look like a brain. And so these are very good uh, in two ways. It does help. I like the brain Malachite. When I'm trying to do any kind of projection work involving uh, another person, you, you know, it's like using a skull candle. And uh, it can also help clarify your own thoughts and your own intentions, especially those involving uh, money or uh, love. It can help if you have a business venture that um, is very close to your heart. It can help get it off the ground and be successful and prosperous. Now, Malachi is a very dense stone. Uh, does not dissolve in water at all. If you want to make an elixir, take a piece, put it in water, let it sit in the sun for a while, let it sit in the moon for a while, add a few drops of brandy, uh, anoint your chakras with it, anoint your spell work with it, sprinkle it about your environment, um, uh, do all the stuff you can with elixir. So that's malachite, especially brain malachite. And uh, uh, it's very interesting stuff. Now, the brain formations uh, are a little bit more expensive, as you will soon see if you try to get a piece. So, um, good luck with that. Don't bankrupt yourself. Um, uh, see if you can get a bank loan for a piece of brain malachite. That would be my advice. All right. We are um, looking at the prayer page now. And if you want to go to crystalsilenceleague.org and go to the prayer pages, you can follow right along with me. But I'm going to tell you that uh, as you read these, more prayers get posted more and more. Uh, you can never read all these out loud. I'd be here for uh, ever, 24-7 reading these, and there's just not coffee strong enough to do that. So what I'm going to do is read aloud some of these prayers and ask you to join me in wishing these people well and that their prayers are granted. And I'm not going to call them by name, just by prayer ID. So if you recognize yourself, hooray. Uh, prayer ID 68995, who says, please protect my daughter, Uh, From any type of harm and keep her safe and happy, bring new and true friends into her life at her new school. Please help my daughter to branch out and be friends with new people that truly have her best interests at heart and well-being. Thank you. Amen. Prayer ID 68994. Please pray so we can sell our house fast. Thank you. Prayer ID 68993. Who prays? I'm praying to gain employment that will allow me to eliminate all debt and have secured disposable income. Amen. And we have prayer ID 68990, who says she wants someone whose initial is B to think of me, crystal, day and night, night and day. B cannot stop thinking of crystal. Amen. And prayer ID 68988, who prays for protection against those who desire to harm me spiritually, physically, and or mentally. Amen. Prayer ID 68987. I'm still fighting to save my mother's house from reverse mortgage. My mom passed away without leaving a will. I need all the prayer warriors to pray for me that my bankruptcy gets approved to help me save my mom's house from foreclosure. This is my childhood home. And it's currently home for me and my two sons. I need a fresh start for an approved home loan to pay off the reverse mortgage. I just can't be homeless. My oldest son joined the army to try and help me. Amen. Bless him. He's a hero. Prayer ID 68986. I pray to the creator of all things and his heavenly host. And I thank the Crystal Silence League for assisting me in my daily struggles to speedily find me peace in my life and in my new home. A place I can be happy, a place where I can continue my work and not be harassed, a place where I can be creative and prosperous, a place that will be full of joy, fun, and laughter. I pray the council finds me an appropriate place for me to live. All harassments toward me must stop. Peace for me and peace for others. Amen. Prayer ID 6898. Five. I'm praying for blessings and favor over my mom's finances. I pray the case she has with the attorneys will be approved, and she receives a double portion blessings from the accidental case of my father's death. I pray for blessings over whoever praying this prayer. Amen. Prayer ID six eight nine eight four. Lord, please deliver me to a new place of employment and a better atmosphere. Amen right six, 68983 Please pray for the love of my life to come back to me. I miss this man so much and I love him with every fiber of my being. Please pray that all obstacles that are keeping us apart be removed and for this wonderful man and I to be together. I know this man is my soulmate. Please pray for us. Amen. All right. Uh, Priority 68975, I pray that my job-related endeavors work out by next month and to be completely financially stable and to have financial freedom. Amen. Priority 68974, thank you, St. Expedite, for taking care of my child support. Amen. Why don't we have a moment of prayer and affirmation for all those in need of comfort and hope and blessing. Amen. Well, tonight we're continuing our talk about uh, ancestors and spirits, etc. And, you know, it's an interesting thing because um, if you've not been in this business long, I guess, uh, you might think everybody was always talking about ancestors. But um, I'm going to tell you that you didn't hear a lot about ancestors. Uh, you heard spirits. There were spirits, and they they could be spirits of your ancestors but you didn't talk so much about ancestors now it's all about ancestors and uh, as we learned before ancestors can be people who aren't even related to you they can be mentors, friends uh, people you admired uh, people from your tradition um, etc. so um, there's uh, some summoning Rituals for spirits that vary from tradition to tradition, virtually every culture recorded has had some ceremony for contacting spirits. You know, it says in the Bible, God is a spirit. So if you're praying to God, and it's funny to me, people say, well, that that spirit stuff, it's uh, against God. God is a spirit. It says in the Bible, God is a spirit. And God may be spirit. Everything, yeah, and I want to tell you an interesting theory that uh, there's a theory in physics that there's uh, not billions of electrons. For instance, there's one electron that's everywhere, and one proton, and one neutron, one you know meson, one that exists everywhere. It's just in a, you know different. Places and times, but it's one, it's only one. And there's a corresponding theory that many of the spiritualists discuss that maybe there's only one soul and we all share it. And that soul, of course, would be the soul of the great spirit, God, that we're all pieces of God. And if this is the case, man, why can't we get along? Well, there's lots of reasons for that. And uh in a, another show, we're going to talk about resolving some of that differences. Uh, You know how sometimes you have moderators and mediators in the physical world? Well, sometimes you have to do moderation and mediation in the spiritual world as well. And a lot of times people think you pass away, all of a sudden you're enlightened. You go, hey, I get it now. But, you know, spirits quite often don't change that much um, from living to death. Some spirits don't even know they're dead. They don't remember it. Um, And some spirits very quickly forget about conditions of life. You ask them about specific things and they, they I, I kind of remember that. It's kind of like you and I remembering when we were in kindergarten, you know, I, I kind of remember, I have some memory of it, but you know, if you ask me specifics, like, you know, what did I do with uh, a toy I had? I, I can remember toys I had as a kid, but I can't tell you where they are. And a lot of times that's the way to the spirits. They'll say, well, can you tell me where, uh, you know, some the, the deed of the house is. And they're like, well, I kind of, I kind of remember a house with a deed. Um, uh, you know, I'm, Involved with spirit stuff now let me let me think about that and get back with you and How many of you know people that'll tell you they'll say, uh, we go in the next room and on the table next to the dining room, Davenport, my phone is there, and you go there, and it's not it's not at all. You go looking for it, and it's on the back in the bathroom on the toilet. Well, that happens in life, and I know people just like that they'll tell you specifically where something is supposed to be because they have a memory of it being there that memory may be a day old or a week old or a year old and um so spirits can be like that too sometimes you ask them about something and they they well, I I kind of remember putting it uh you know somewhere or maybe look in the uh, look under the rug in the den maybe it's there That's, I kind of remember putting something there so you understand there's difficulties in this um you don't become omniscient because spirits are not omniscient but, man, they can do a lot of things that uh, uh, we can't. Uh, they live in a different type of time, for one thing. So um, it's worthwhile. It's worthwhile to do this. Now, so here we, we're, we decide we're going to honor some spirits. We're going to build a uh, uh, an altar, and we're going to ask our beloved spirits to come to us. Well, what happens um, when you, you connect you You summon some ancestors um and others show up for instance, you say, "Oh, I want my uncle uh Jerry and my my aunt Linda and my uh grandfather John and uh my grandmother Helen to come up, but other spirits show up instead well sometimes your ancestors don't want you to honor them, I hate to say it and Now, I know that people go, oh, my God, you can't say that. Sometimes they don't want you to do it. Now, it's not always, but sometimes they just say, leave me alone. You know, I'm I'm happy here. Just leave me alone. So um, if that occurs, you might want to contact a professional to find out what's going on in your spirit family. Um, There may be some real good reasons why they don't want to be bothered. Sometimes the family didn't get along in life, and they don't get along in death. I, there's a hundred reasons, but it, it might be time to get in touch with the professional and say, what's what's going on? Now, sometimes you'll uh, cast out for ancestors, and other ancestors will turn up. Okay. Um, and um, so what what happens when that occurs? So maybe they're not even family. Maybe they're just people that are uh, attracted to the way you practice your magic. Um, um and it's not that unusual for that to happen. Someone will show up and say, I'd like to work with you. You know, I, I practice the same um, spiritual practice that you do, at least I did in life, and I would like to work with you. Well, um, I just don't think there's a problem with that. Um, sometimes many spirits, in my uh, experience, uh, they they come and go. But, gosh, many spirits just showed up and said, I'd like to work with you. I had one, reason. you know, Victor, he just showed up. He was a former client who passed away. And uh, he came knocking and bumping stuff around. so said, who are you? What do you want? And if, you know, eventually resolved that it was a former client who was very grateful. for the. I, I didn't do that much for him. I really, but he was very grateful that I worked with him and helped him through some midlife stuff. And he decided he wanted to help me. 'Cause he knew I worked for spirits. He thought I'd like I'd like to get in on that. So, you know, there he is. And you know, he's coming along quite well. Been about a year now, he's coming along quite well, learning the ropes very well. So, uh, in many traditions there's a um, well, sometimes spirits will knock. Like that. And so there's many tr- many traditions that will do that. Uh when they're summoning ancestral spirits or spirits of any kind, they'll knock. After they do the supplication, you know, you know, good and good and faithful spirits, you know, will you? you know, I called you. I ask you to help me. Uh, you know, come to me, and make your presence known. In the highest spirits' name, I pray you. In the ancient of ages' name, I pray you. Amen. And then that knocking. Uh, it's in many traditions, and I have a cane that belonged to one of my ancestors that I knock on the floor with it, hit the floor three times whenever I'm uh, uh, requesting help from spirits. And um, that knocking uh, used to be a form of communication that was quite common among spiritualists. One knock for yes, two for no. Are are you with us? Are you a good spirit? Do you mean us any harm? Uh, You know, this was... Uh, how it used to work, and that was one of the tools of divination was knocking and rapping, spirit rapping. And sometimes you had tools that did it. You had a uh, – um, there was a thing called a spirit hand. It was like the hand of a mannequin that would rock, and it would uh, – the spirits would rock it and tap the table with the spirit hand. Sometimes you had bells that would ring. Um, sometimes you had weights suspended inside a bottle, a pendulum suspended inside a bottle, and the spirits would hit – Hit that and make it go you know, ding, ding, ding against the side of the bottle. One for yes, two for no. Are you here? And, uh, um, oh, there's something funny about that. You'll say, um, um, are there any spirits here? One for yes, two for no. Yeah, you know, you'll get no. <laughs> it's like, then you know, you're probably dealing with like a very young spirit, a childlike spirit, um, someone who's pulling your leg, and, uh, um um, uh you know you say uh is there a spirit you want to talk to a spirit well why are you talking to us you know they they mess with you like that a little bit and uh it's uh it's kind of fun when that happens i used to do these uh public demonstrations of um uh, ghost phenomena and things and uh it didn't always work but sometimes we would attempt to summon a spirit um but not in a theatrical venue uh once I was at a theater in Kentucky an old, uh, vaudeville theater and that theater was full of spirits. And I said, any spirit wants to come forward and take the stage, go right now. And that thing went, you know, God sounded terrible, but, uh, and people were like, boom, you know, and it was a good, it was a good show because most people in the audience were, uh, were not, uh, disbelievers. They were, uh, uh, people who came to actually see this sort of thing. And so the, uh, positive energy is very high and the spirits were manifesting right and left. And, uh, I got some people to stand up and I said, Look in the back of the room and ask the spirit to show himself. And you could see the shadowy forms of spirits walking around the back of the theater. If you want to summon spirits, the theater is a great place to do it, an old theater. And, uh, uh, you know, they used to keep a light on at night in old theaters. Back to the days, gaslight even, they kept a light on. They never let the theater get dark. It was called a ghost light. And the idea was with the light on, any ghosts that were walking around um, would have light to see by, and it would also keep away the dark and evil and malignant spirits. Only the spirits that walked in light could come in. It's called a ghost light. They used to keep them in all theaters. It was uh, look at. I didn't. I'm not making this up. Look it up. So tools of divination. We have the Ouija board or the spirit board, and uh, and uh, there's a lot of uh, urban legends about this, you know, like a Zazu or whatever the demon Zazu. If you if, it, if your board spells out Zazu, burn your board because that. And well, no, no, uh, it's not. And you know, if you have experiences like this, I'd like to hear them. But um, the Zazu thing was made up. But um, the um, uh, the the rules about any kind of spirit summoning is don't open a gate and say everybody come in. Um, It's kind of like putting a cat door in your kitchen. You wake up in the morning and there's possums and raccoons and coyotes and uh, gerbils and everything else. And then your cat's sitting there looking at them like, what do you want me to do? So you don't want to open a door unless you, it's very specific. And this is why it's necessary to sanctify your space, sanctify yourself, ground yourself, clean yourself, cleanse yourself, Um, have your intention Correct and call your spirits by name. Give it all possible. Don't say, "Are there any spirits here?" You know, uh, anyone come through because you know, you know it's kind of like um, the internet. You know, they allow everybody on the internet, right? And that's why there's so many problems. You know, if you let any, I, I say this all the time, if you let anybody in, you're going to get anybody. That's what I say on all these forums. Sometimes they say, "Well, you know, it's an open forum. You let anybody in, you're going to get anybody. You're going to get trolls and." spammers and everybody else. So um, so we have, uh, uh, I don't know, quite a bit. So um, information there, another, uh, the pendulum is a good tool. And I'd also like to talk to you about a psychomantium, if I hadn't before. But a psychomantium is a black mirror. And these go back to ancient Greece. And sometimes there's a whole room devoted to this. It's a long, narrow room with a mirror at the end of it. But you can take any mirror. And you get in a dark room, and you put a, a dim light behind the mirror. And this can be a candle or a red light bulb, a very dim, I mean, I mean like a Christmas tree light, and uh, dim behind the mirror, and the rest of the room should be dark. Now, you tilt the mirror. The mirror has to be tilted up so that you don't see yourself in it. You're looking at, into the mirror, but you don't see anything reflected except darkness. And then you call for your spirit, so you just gaze into it and uh, the story I did the first time I did that, I was in a closet where the you only know, place I get it dark and I had an old cracked mirror that belonged to the family. And, uh, I waited and waited and waited. And, you know, son of a gun, my grandmother walked out of that mirror and I about tore that door down trying to get out of that closet. Um, uh, I, I didn't know what to expect. I was, I was really young. I was 70, 60, I, I was, I was after reading, um, 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 Rollo May's book on, um, uh, psychomantium and, um, um, uh, Scott Rogo wrote some work on it, um, so um, about exploring past lives and things with the, uh, um, the psychomantium. So, uh, Dr. Raymond Moody wrote a very good book um, uh, on uh, the psychomantium and his experiments with it. Um, so, uh, Raymond Moody now. Actually, has the psychomantium. Uh, it's a chamber uh, um, that you can rent time in, and uh, he'll sit in his comfortable chair. Uh, you get in the mirror; it's a sensory deprivation room. There's no sound, very dim light, and uh, do the mirror gazing. And uh, many, you know, if you go look around uh, on the internet, Dr. Raymond Moody, you can read a lot about him and about psychomantiums as well as uh, purchase psychomantium mirrors from his website, autographed by Dr. Raymond Moody. Now, those are good for novelties, but you don't need a special mirror. You really don't. Um, You need a good mirror. You don't want a plastic, you know, mylar mirror. You want a good mirror, a glass mirror that's got depth to it. And and then you can surely uh, have some experiences with it. Uh, The crystal ball can be used for... uh, spiritualism. Um, there are many people who become uh, quite adapt at spirit, uh, spirit communication through crystal balls. And all I can tell you with this is, once again, you want to set a light up behind you when you're crystal gazing, not in front of you. You don't want to look at the light through the crystal ball. But off to the side or behind you is better. And a candle works very well. And you gaze into the crystal ball And you send your intentions out. And there's a type of, um, it's not a trance, but it's a passive state that is very conducive for crystal gazing. But it's a passive state with a lot of activity, if that makes any sense to you. Um, We've talked about crystal ball gazing before and the things necessary to do it. You don't want to uh, drift off into a daydream. You want to have very focused attention, but not pushing it. Sometimes people push it too hard. Like, uh, uh, uh. You don't want to do that. So these are uh, more tools that can be used. Uh, automatic writing. Uh, this is where you have a, a pencil and a pad, and you sit down, and you let the spirit control your hand. And you know uh, Arthur Conan Doyle's wife, uh, Lady Doyle, was an accomplished spirit writer and delivered a message to Houdini from his mother that, Later on, Houdini denied it was from his mother, but if you read uh, Dr. Conan Doyle's uh, account of that experience, it was quite different from Houdini's account. Now, remember, Houdini did a lot of things for publicity and to get his name out and be controversial, but what Houdini's private life was like is another story entirely. He was a believer. He was a believer uh, from all accounts, even though he, he was big in debunking fake spiritualists. Uh, And most of his debunkings were uh, fraudulent in themselves. If he couldn't uh, explain it, he would just go and make something up. But, uh, you know, he was a magician, you know, illusion. He's an illusionist. So that's what he did. And everything was meant to serve his reputation. So in the spirit, in the history of spiritualism, it can be quite confusing because there are people who were respected spirit mediums and then, a magician would do an expose of them. So weigh, weigh and balance it. You know, what, what's more likely, I guess. There were a lot of frauds. There really were. And, um, um, there probably still are, but, you know, in this day, information age, you know, if you're a fraud, um, if you're a fake, if you're, uh, ripping people off, you're going to get found out. Uh, you know, you're going to get found out. It's not like you can move to another town on the internet. Um, so what if you're trying to summon an ancestor, um, and this and these ancestors show up, and you got a bad relationship with them, or some of them are appalling? Um, you, you know, if you look in the dark corners of your family history, you know, there, there there are some rotters there. You know, there are. And what if these people show up and say, yeah, I, I want in on this, and you realize they're appalling. You know, they in life, they were uh, racists or murderers or... Uh, a lot so um, um, now there's a difference between being a jerk right and being a murderer being a, a psychopath and there are psychopathic spirits there are the spirits of psychopaths running around there's a difference you know if you have an ancestor who's a jerk maybe you can work out you know you can live with him if he's uh, um, if he's um, the relationship is beneficial for both of you you don't want sociopaths, though, and psychopaths, and that's why sometimes it's necessary to do a little bit of research into your family tree. Um, um, so, what do you do if you find this out? Let's say through spirit work, you know, you don't you're not even aware of this, and then through spirit work, uh, some of your other spirits come in and say, "Well, we got some bad news about you know your great uncle, and he he wants to join us, but." We don't like him very much. You go know, well. Why is this spirit? And they well. You see, he was a child molester. What do you do? Um, um, personally, I don't care what that spirit has to offer. I don't care if that spirit comes in and says, you know, I got great power in this in this realm, and man, I can deliver the riches of King Midas to you, all the power you want, everything. I don't care. I'm not going to work with him. Now, there are people who would. There are people who say, you know, I you know, the ends justify the means, but I, I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them. Uh, I'm not rich. I'm not a wealthy man. And, um, you know, I drive a car that's almost 20 years old. I keep it together by by sheer uh, magic. It's magic. I burn candles on it. But, uh, you know, I live in an old house. I'm fixing up a little bit at a time. I'm not a rich man. Not a rich man. I could be if I was willing to work with certain types of spirits, Um, but I'm not. And I'll tell you in this work, you will be offered lots of stuff, not only by humans, but by spirits. They'll offer you lots of stuff. Um, So uh, you you got to be very careful what you ask for. Some ancestors are just too poisonous to touch. And uh, what do you do? You find out about an ancestor maybe an aunt or an uncle or a father or a mother what if you find out stuff you didn't know about them see this is this is not castored friendly ghost stuff what seriously what if you're in spirit work you set your altar up you get aunts and uncles and they say uh, they say honey I got to tell you some bad news about your dad or about your mom and you don't you don't want them here and there are immediate ancestors in my family I don't work with for this very reason I don't want to work I don't want them around now um, I'm going to tell you that uh, one of the greatest ways to turn the spirit off is to try to be an opportunist uh, the, the spirits that work with you if you're an opportunist you say man I want, I want power I want to work with spirits it's cool it's a great thing to do um, it's a good way to turn them off now if you want to show spirits respect, go to the local cemeteries that need a little f- fixing up, uh, clean up some of the graves, show respect and veneration to the dead. Uh, a little bit of kindness like this to the dead—it's easy to be kind to the living. You know, they—they they show you gratitude. You know, so you know, you know, hey, hey, homeless guy, you know, here's your ten dollars. Oh gosh, thank you, thank you. You know, you know, or you know, someone's in need and you give them a little help. Oh, thank you. It's a lot more difficult to uh, go and honor the dead in a graveyard. You know, people, why do it? Uh, I work a lot with my ancestors who are in graveyards, and when I visit the graveyards where they are, uh, I always find some other graves that need some attention, and the spirits are very grateful for that. I I, I clean them up a little bit, pull the weeds off of them, uh, dust the gravestone off, and and honor them and say, you know, you're, you're remembered, you know, you are remembered. I, I remember your name. i put it on my altar at home and honor you. And they're very grateful for that. And, you know, but, you know, don't do it because you want rewards. You do it because when you work with spirits, you, um, I don't know, some, some spirits you like better than living people. I don't know. Um, but um, um, also we cannot judge the past based on current standards. So when you go for like 100 years, 150, 200 years back, you're going to find social values that were just accepted that you may find reprehensible. And you say, well, my God, you can't say that. You can't believe that. Well, that's what we believed back then. Uh, I can give you an example. Um, I have a, an older relative in her 80s, and she still calls African-Americans colored people. And she doesn't mean it racist, you know, but the grandkids now, you know, like my wife's kids think, well, she needs to quit using these racist terms. You know, she needs to get, I, I said, you're not going to change her. And to her, she's not saying that because she's racist. That's what people, that's the terminology of the time. And, um, you know, so she was going to go from uh, colored person to Negro to uh, uh, black person to African-American. No, it's no, she's eighty years old. You're not gonna walk her through that uh you know fifty years of uh of uh of civil liberty. There are people who get offended when you call Native American Indians I don't you know i don't i'm I don't care what you call my ancestors or me uh, it's not an offensive term. that's what that idiot Columbus started <laughs> so uh you know what Native Americans you know man, if you want to open a can of worms, get on a Trump discussion and talk about Native Americans, you know. Well, who well they they weren't born here they they came over here too we, yeah we sure did we walked across the bering strait and we uh, usurped the land from the buffalo and the woolly mammoth yeah you know god shame on us you know we're we're monsters but you know, gosh but the uh, um i guess my point is it's it's a very delicate type of work and uh it's got to be entered with respect and with magical knowledge and with magical tools automatic writing is great automatic drawing is good too uh you don't even have to be a good artist the spirit will guide your hand and i do spirit drawings for people i draw ancestors for them um and usually uh I'll, i can tell you when it's going to happen i just start scribbling on the paper and then spirit will guide my hand i don't even have to look at it i can do it in a dark room if i had to um and I've often worked at, you know, at almost 60. I, I can't see anyway in dim light. It you know, might as well be dark. But uh, uh, I've, I've drawn pictures of people's uh, ancestors when an image was necessary. So um, um, the, um, the other uh, type of spirit you may get are the ones that are very troubled, um, the ones that had an unfinished business, the ones who have great and deep regrets. And I have found this very um, satisfying work, um, uh, the idea of ancestral healing, and I've performed this for some of my clients as well, where there's troubled ancestors, and the waves from this, the ripples, affect our lives. A lot of times the reason our lives are out of balance is because there's something going on in the spirit world that needs to be rectified or balanced. And this is where you start getting into ancestor healing, and um, there are rituals for that. You can work with saints or deities, and uh, you know, let's say you uh, you're a neo pagan and your ancestor is a devout Catholic, you might have to meet in the middle there somewhere. Now, uh, on this topic. Uh, of that, uh, let's go to station identification. We'll come back and talk a little bit about working with saints and things. How about that? Let's have some. Uh, here we are. I think it's right over here. Let's see, right? Yeah, right there. Be back in a minute. LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie. Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain. Tuesdays, 5 to 6. Fit and Foxy, Madame Nadia, and Jaya Daniel. Wednesdays 6 to 7. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay. Fridays 6 to 7. All time specific. Add three hours for Eastern. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And we're back. I didn't go anywhere, but you know, we're back. Now. Let's talk about saints. Um, those who work in the Catholic tradition uh, often appeal to saints. And every saint has a different prayer, and every saint has a different thing that that saint likes, and every saint has specific means of uh, working. And if you are in that type of work, it behooves you to know it. But did you know, and maybe you probably did, that there are saints that are particular who, who do and root work in spiritual churches uh, such as mine um, Divine Harmony Spiritual Church and Missionary Independent Spiritual Church our uh, mother church and others the spiritual churches uh, have their tradition um, from Leafy Anderson the great spiritual uh, teacher who came from Chicago via Virginia to New Orleans and started uh, her spiritual churches and um, along the way apparently she set up uh, Different missions and, and churches, and um, basically, the spiritualist church dropped the IST and became spiritual churches. <clears throat> and there are specific saints, um, which are uh, very, very interesting. And um, I'm going to tell you that first, Saint Anthony has worked with in spiritual churches, and uh, <clears throat> I have a, a, right in front of me. Who Do Conjuration, Witchcraft, and Root Work, Volume 1, uh, by Harry Middleton Hyatt. And he discusses saints with a, uh, a couple of uh, old timey root workers. And uh, um, this scratches the surface, but it gives you an idea of um, how our ancestors did it. Um, the ones before us did it in the spiritual churches and in root work. So, um, um, this one uh, woman that he interviews talks about Saint Anthony, and she has a uh, a uh, 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 a prayer. And her prayer is: Saint Anthony, open this door. Saint Anthony, please open this door. And dear Saint Anthony, who lives in Jesus' love, open this door. Saint Anthony, I'll consec- I consecrated myself to you and use you as my patron saint, and I ask you to keep. My door open. I ask you to send me customers, Saint Anthony, and I'll always use you through our Lord, giving you the power and the strength to send me customers and give you the lights on your altar. Saint Anthony, open this door. Saint Anthony, open this door. And she goes on to say that you give lights to Saint to Saint Raymond for luck and success. And by giving lights, we mean burning candles. We mean creating an altar for the saint and burning candles. So you give lights to St. Raymond. He's for luck and success, she says. St. Raymond, you give him lights today, get you a red light, and use lights for him on Mondays and on Thursdays, and positively everything red. And they give you a prayer with getting it. When you, when you buy the candle, there's a prayer included. When you buy St. Anthony candles or St. Joseph candles, there's a prayer on the back of it. <clears throat> and uh, she says, I guarantee you'll have more luck than you want in 24 days, but you must give him your offerings. He's guaranteed 24 hours, 24 hours to a day. He gives you just what you want. He's first class. She says, this was a woman from New Orleans. And she says that St. Anthony is for children and for the poor. You pray to St. Anthony for work or for bread. And when you get, get it, you make him a promise. And if you get a job, if you're out of a job and you pray to him to help you to get this job, or if you've got children and you want bread in your home, you pray to him for that bread and you make him a promise that when you get it, you'll go to the box to a church <clears throat> where they got St. Anthony's box and put money in his box for the poor. But you mustn't promise him that and don't give it to him. And he sa- she says to use brown candles for St. Anthony, Thursdays and Tuesdays. Now she goes on to say something, and this is very interesting. <clears throat> When you consider that this is a, a very t- popular topic right now among hoodoists, uh, she goes, "No, no, you don't burn that candle for an evil purpose, and you don't fool with none of those good, fool with none of those good saints. But Black Hawk or some of those bad saints, you burn black candles. Black Hawk is supposed to be one of the old evil saints. That's the man that died. He was not an infidel, but he did not believe they had a god. You see, you burn a black candle to him, Black Hawk." You burn now. I've heard people say red, blue, white, green, yellow for Black Hawk. This woman who worked in the spiritual church, who was a professional root worker from New Orleans, says you burn a black candle to Black Hawk. Uh, <clears throat> you burn the candle in the same way as you do for the different saints for his evil purpose. So Mr. Hyatt got very curious about Black Hawk. He said, uh, "He goes, what was what was he? What was Black Hawk? Black Hawk? He was supposed to be an evil and a mean saint, see?" But take Saint Raymond and Saint Peter and he interrupts and says, Now tell me about Blackhawk. Who was he? How do you approach him? He was one of those mean saints and he never would go. He's practically he he was more infidel than anything else. He never did believe in the gospel. He never you know, Blackhawk, we'll talk about him in a minute. He never did believe that we had a creator. He always did believe that when a man or woman would leave this earth, that was all, no hell and heaven. He always thought that the good and the bad would dwell together always. You see? And Mr. Hyatt says, Well, how do you approach him? Uh, Well, instead of you praying to the Lord, they tell you to use the devil in place of the Lord. You see, he's evil. You have to pray to evil. The devil's supposed to be the God for the evil, and the Lord's supposed to be the God for the good. Well, instead of serving the Lord, you'll tell all your complaints to the devil instead of the Lord. And Mr. uh, Hyatt gets to the heart of the matter and asks, Is Black Hawk the same thing as the devil? And this woman says, absolutely, he's one of the devil's servants, you see. After they get th- that, after they burn that candle good on you, if someone is burning a candle against you, you go to this this here, this saint they call. Do you know a saint they call? Expedite saint? Saint expedite? No, says Mr. Hi- Mr. Hyatt. She says, uh-huh. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about Blackhawk. I think she kind of gives him a bad thing here, but uh I'll talk about Black Hawk more in a minute. But she says you go to the Expedite Saint and you carry Expedite Saint a little now and this is how I do it. Uh a little small kind of uh she says go to the ten cent store and you get you a small hammer, not a big hammer, a little toy hammer like children play with. You carry him a toy hammer and a nail. And of course I like to use a coffin nail or an old-time carpenter nail. Well, after you go there and carry him this toy hammer and this nail, you get you a black candle, and you carry it to him, and you light it there, and I guarantee you it's good. You leave the hammer and the nail. You leave the hammer and the nail. Don't take it away from there. And he says, well, suppose I was living here. Where would I find St. Expedite? You'll find, you'll find Expedite Saint in the church or in the bookstore, which would be a hoodoo shop. He says, you bring the saint home then? She goes, yeah, you bring that saint home and you fix it at your house, but always nail it right at the door where they got to come in. Inside the door and burn the candle and some uh, taper lights. Always burn the taper lights around it, little red taper lights. Burn them. Expedite saint is on a horse with swords in his hand and a whole lot of snakes around him. That's the expedite snake. And she says, you take your, your St. Espidy this is another person, um, uh, another interview, another worker tells Mr. Hyatt. You take your St. Espidy. he uses green candles. You take him and you pray over it and you ask in St. Espidy, and you rap on it and he'll give you a wrap back. Remember what we're talking about? You ask St. Espidy for a wish and just what your heart desires, you'll get. You burn the candle from the beginning. You take your green candle and burn it from 6 in the morning and put it out 9 in the evening and put it out 9 in the morning. And you put it at 6 in the evening again. You burn it from 3 to 9 days, and you'll get what your heart desires. He says, well, how do you mean you wrap for St. Espide? She wraps once, twice, three times. You wrap three times, and you burn this green candle from 6 to 9 in the morning and from 6 to 9 at night. And you burn it for nine days, and she says, Yes. It's you know, it's a vigil. It's a vigil candle. Uh, and she says, Saint Nispode, he's very good. He's helped me. He helps me, and when I want bread, I call on him and he brings me a rap. I heard that he was a man that didn't believe in no evil work, and he didn't fool around with no kind of evil doing when he was on this scene and he was a true man. And when he died he went to heaven. Now when he raps back, what he rap three times? He just raps. Where will he wrap? Somewhere around the room? Yes. Then you know you'll have your wish. St. Expedi, this is another person, St. Expedi, if you pray to him, he'll send you. He'll send you anything your heart desires. I'm most well acquainted with him. He could send you anywhere you wanted to go. All you have to do is promise him a light, any different kind of light. Get St. Expedi's up. Over your door, nail him up there. Behind that same door, you use that pink candle. Burn it there. Up over the door and behind the same door, you burn a pink candle. Yes, sir. And you make your wishes. That's to keep the police away. It'll keep them away. Well, what door do you use for that? Let that be the front door. So Saint Expedi, Expedite, Expedis, uh, Expedi, a very versatile saint, you see. Not just for um, keeping things fast, but... Very, very, um, the old folks use him for a lot of things. St. Expedia is for luck, and St. Expedia is for unfortunates. Like if a man is unfortunate, well, for luck, he can burn a candle. They have cup candles, they call them. They sell them in cups. He's talking about the glass-encased vigils, I believe. You burn a light to him for eight days. You burn a light to St. Expedia eight days, and you have some kind of luck in eight days. But that's providing if you make a promise to him. If you make a promise to him for luck and success, he's going to give it to you. But if you lie to him, he'll take your success away from you and more. Well, that's the candle burnt to him. They call it the cup candle, and that's what he's for, luck and success. Now, another person says they have St. Espedes. What's he for, a gambler? Well, what would a gambler do with him? Well, you see, if you're gambling out for money and you're in bad luck, you goes there and you, you make a novena for nine days. And if you get your wishes, you got to give it. If it's a dollar, you promise, you've to got to give him a dollar for it. If it's a candle, a dollar candlelight, you have to give it to him. Then you get your wishes. Then someone else says, you take St. Espide and you give him anything green, candles or flowers, green flowers or green vegetables. Anything that's green, you give it to St. Espedy for green money. He's for gamblers. He goes, well, if you want to go to him, you praise when you go to him, and you ask him, say, Saint Esprit, I want, I want you to help me get some money. I'm going out and gamble, and if I be successful and get this money, I will give you a bunch of flowers, or give you so much and so much of something else. And when you get that money, you go to some church, or if you got him in your house, you buy some stuff and you put it in front of him for a sacrifice. Then they go on to talk about court case. They so use candles for him and pray to him and give him a glass of milk if you can give it, or get white rum and give him your case, and he'll plead it for you. Light a candle and a glass of milk or either your rum if you can get it, but you can't get no more rum now. What kind of color would you like to them? A white one, to say Nesbidi. So, you see, this whole thing about the color candle, uh, it is your intention she, no, 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 you leave him right up. He's got to get up on the stand, and he's got to talk for you. So you uh, uh, you don't put that on the floor. you got to put it high because he's got to get up on the witness stand. Then you write your name or your husband's name, your name at the top, and your husband's underneath it three times but all straight, and that's behind St. Espide because I have did it and bring the man back, she says. But you use, according to his color, your life to St. Espide and it will bring that man back. Just get down and pray to him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, St. Espotty. Bring such and such a one back with his name wrote behind that picture that's tacked up, back of it, pasted up there. And the man will come and keep that light to him, and he's going to bring him back. You write the name behind the picture. And, uh, man, we can go a lot more. Um, suppose I wanted to put someone in bad luck. What would I do? Well, you go there to a hoodoo shrine, and you pray, and you light a black candle to her, you see, and ask her what you want. And then at nine days, if it's success, you go back and you give her what you promised her. You only pray once? My question means you pray once when you set the candle, but you do not pray again during the nine days? And she says, no, no, the candle is her prayer. You can put 25 cents in the box, and that will carry that light nine days. You see, for that one light, 25 cents in any Catholic church. Um, and, um... Oh, man, there's a whole lot more. I wish I had more time, but there's a whole lot more about St. Expediti. And, uh, well, they say St. Expediti is lucky, but you got to pray to him. Certain things you got to give him for luck. you got to have him up in your house and have a little altar, burn little tapers to him for luck. And if you make him a promise and don't give it to him, well, you're going to fall into bad luck. We only have a few minutes left. I just wanted to give you an insight to how some of the uh, old people in the spiritualist church, the spiritualist tradition, and the hoodoo tradition, um, uh, approach saints and you see everybody, these are all professional workers, had different approaches to it, but there's a certain theme. You see, there's a certain theme. And when we're talking to spirits and we're honoring spirits or honoring saints, there's a theme. It doesn't mean that you're locked into a, a specific ritual or a specific prayer. But there's a theme. There's a certain protocol to approaching uh the saints and I do want to talk more about Black Hawk. I don't believe that uh, he he did the devil's work. I think this may have been from the uh, old Christian point of view and uh, right now there are people who work with Black Hawk howling but I'm going to tell you I, I work with Black Hawk I like Black Hawk and Black Hawk is usually uh, called upon for justice uh, in a situation uh, he fought all of his life for justice against incredible odds and uh, became somewhat of a folk hero because of this so uh, Come on back next week. We'll pick up where we left off. Uh, Once again, the Reverend loves you very much. Bless you all. And, man, um, hope to see you next week as we continue our look behind the veil into the shadow land of the spirits.